the COVID-19 pandemic working hard to find a way to infect as many people as possible. It's always on a mission to evolve and mutate and change to continue to survive. Greek letters used to describe the growing number of variants we are seeing here and around the world, some of them spreading very quickly. That's enough people for Delta to basically run rampant. Now, as doctors and public health leaders work to fight misinformation, that combined with vaccine hesitancy, leading to big worries about what could be ahead. You're basically forming new variants by doing that. This is a KOLD News 13 original podcast, Conquering COVID. I'm Andrew Capasso with KWLD News 13. Thank you again for listening. Today, we're taking a deeper look at the science behind the variants you have heard so much about. The Delta variant, of course, topping the list now. But public health leaders keeping a close eye on three others and no real idea yet of what the next variant is or how dangerous it could be. We're talking today with Dr. Shad Marvasti. He's an associate professor of family, community, and preventative medicine at the U of A College of Medicine in Phoenix. Dr. Shad Marvasti, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure. So we're talking about variants today. We hear talk about the alpha variant, the, the mu variant, the beta variant, a, a lot more talk about the delta variant. Um, how concerned do we need to be when it comes to names of these things and staying protected? Well, you know, these are things that are being con continuously updated and um, researched and, and monitored by the World Health Organization and the CDC. Um, we definitely need to be concerned about variants forming. Uh, and the reason why we have variants is because the virus, whenever it, it um, mutates, whenever it um, replicates, whenever it goes from one person to another, it basically mutates and that mutation can form a new variant. Um, so for example, the Delta variant, which has been particularly problematic for us here and is the current wave of COVID-19 here in the United States, was born in India um, at the time when India had less than 2% of its population fully vaccinated and there were no real mitigation measures in place. So there weren't you know, strict mask mandates, there weren't limitations on high-risk indoor activities, large crowds of people would be gathering together. And so in that environment, um, the Delta variant was formed. And, and that's true for all the other variants and any future variants. Um, we can stop any and all variants by engaging in the public health mitigation practices that are evidence-based, including uh, mask wearing, improving ventilation, and avoiding large indoor gatherings, and getting as much of the population as possible fully vaccinated. Um, so I think insofar as our concern for the general public, it's not so important for you to keep track of the alphabet soup, right, of alpha, beta, gamma, mu, what is, what's going on here, um, as it is for you to realize that no matter which variant you're concerned about, we're concerned about in public health, um, know that wearing a high-quality mask and avoiding the high-risk activities and getting vaccinated is really your ticket to a peace of mind from any and all of them. Yeah, let's talk about that mitigation and that protection. As you, as you just said, it is the key to this whole thing. And, and that's something uh, we have just known for a very long time. Uh, the biggest part of this, no matter the name, is just being protected. We've heard with vaccine hesitancy, that's still being an issue. Do we need to be worried about more variants with, with, that, with that level of people getting vaccines that we don't need yet, that we're not seeing yet? 
Well, I think we should be worried about new variants because um, we had such a low, relatively speaking, I think we're 55th in the, in the world right now in terms of percentage of the population that's fully vaccinated. And so because we don't have, you know, half of our population basically when Delta hit was not vaccinated yet, that's enough people um, for Delta to basically run rampant. And then through that process, as it's infecting all these folks, and unfortunately, you know, most of the people who are hospitalized are unvaccinated, right? And as they're getting it because they're not paying attention to the masks, they're not paying attention to the large gatherings and avoiding all the things that can spread it, um, you're basically forming new variants by doing that. And so, you know, we should be concerned about that because we can't just let it spread freely, um, you know, especially in an environment of unvaccinated folks, because those are the people where um, you're going to have the highest risk of severe illness for them individually, and also the highest risk of transmitting it, um, you know, and thereby really enabling a new variant that could be born to wreak havoc um, for everyone. Yeah, let's talk about that potential down the road as, as that vaccine hesitancy is still a big issue. We have heard a, way, a possibility that the next variant, whatever it would be, there's concern of it finding a way around these vaccines, the protection that more than half of this country has. How big of a concern is that? It's a big concern, especially when you think about it globally, where um, we still don't have enough people fully vaccinated. Um, and as long as there's pockets of people, whether it's in the United States or any other pocket around the world, where people are not vaccinated and they're not cut off you know, or isolated from the rest of the world, and they're freely interacting without any kind of mitigation measures in place until they get to the point where 80, 90% or more of the population is fully vaccinated, you always have the risk for new variants coming to pass. So part of the reason why we want everyone to get vaccinated, not only because vaccines are still highly effective at preventing severe illness, hospitalization, and death, even if you get infected by one of the variants, that's a big reason to get vaccinated, but it also helps to stop the spread, decrease the spread, and decrease the chance of a new, more deadly um, variant, which is going to be resistant to our vaccines, um, to, for that to come into play. The possibility of going backwards with a new variant that doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not, how big of a deal is that and how concerning is it to you? It's a big deal. I think as long as people continue to ignore public health and ignore wearing masks and let the virus spread freely um, among unvaccinated people, it's a real concern. I think because of the fact that masks and vaccines have been politicized in this country is the greatest disservice and the greatest cause of um, preventable death right now with COVID-19. And really, I think the Surgeon General put it well that misinformation is deadly. And because of the spread of misinformation, you could call it the misinformation virus. Um, you know, we don't have a vaccine against that as of yet. Whatever you see on Facebook or you hear from your friend or, you know, it looks like truth, but it's like, you know, pseudoscience, right? It's something that sounds like a duck, looks like a duck, but it's not really a duck, right? And people fall for it. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, people are further confused by politicians who, you know, are making this about politics, where it's really just about public health. Um, and, and that's where, why we are where we are today. 
if there is the next variant, if it's more dangerous, which you're saying is a very real possibility, just to set us back to just beginning of this whole thing when there weren't vaccines available, are you talking about it potentially being at that point where it doesn't matter if there's a vaccine? Well, you know, that would be really be bad luck, okay? Because every time there's a variant, um, doesn't mean that every variant is potentially deadly or worse for us, okay? The virus is constantly mutating as it's spreading. So if you decrease the spread with masks and mitigation, you decrease the mutations and thereby decrease the chances for a new variant to form. Now, whenever a new variant does form, it doesn't mean that it's automatically something that we should be concerned about, which is why the WHO and the CDC have several ways of classifying them. They have variants of concern and they have variants of interest. Variants of interest have the potential to be you know, worse in terms of transmission and infectivity, worse in terms of resistance to either mask wearing or vaccinations, right? But the variants of concern um, are the ones that really actually have been shown in the real world to actually have some of those characteristics where they do have an impact on, on vaccine immunity. They do have an impact on um, the ability of, for us to stop the spread. And there's only four currently worldwide variants of concern. And that's the alpha, which was the first major variant. That was the one that was born out of the UK. It used to be called B117. The beta one, which came out of South Africa. The gamma one, which came out of Brazil. And then the delta one, which we're dealing with right now. Of these four, even though all of them have been around for a little while, Delta is clearly the most infective. So every virus has a balancing act, right? It wants to be able to be as infectious as possible to get to as many human hosts as possible. But sometimes what happens, thankfully, is that as it becomes more infectious, the virus also becomes less deadly. So it's a kind of compromise. The previous coronaviruses, otherwise known as the common cold, were very easily spread, right? But they were just really annoying, not something that could actually kill you. With Ebola, for example, very deadly, but very hard to get infected by Ebola. You really have to have access to a significant amount of body fluid from someone who's actively sick with the Ebola, which is a point where it's already very clear and they've already probably been isolated, which is why it didn't really get out of control because it just isn't good at spreading. The problem with coronavirus is that compare it to the flu, for example, the flu has about a one to three day uh, incubation period. So within one to three days, you're going to have symptoms and you're going to know you have the flu and then you know you're contagious. So you're going to isolate yourself. You're going to stop going to work. You're going to do everything you can. Coronavirus has anywhere between a five to 14 day incubation period, and you could actually get it without ever knowing that you have it and still have enough viral load, even though you're fine, to spread it to other people. And in fact, during the pandemic, we've seen over 60% of all the spread be between people who are asymptomatically infected. So that's really what makes it really deadly and evasive. And then when you add variations, you know, like with the new variants like Delta that are more infective, um, then you have a problem. I don't want to give coronavirus all that much credit, but it's a very smart thing, isn't it? It's very smart. It's ingenious. And so that's why, you know, the virus, again, I have to say, doesn't care what our political belief is, doesn't care what our ideology is, right? It doesn't care about any of those things. It only cares that you're a body that it can infect. And so it's always on a mission to evolve and mutate and change to continue to survive. 
in some form to continue to spread to our community. That's why you need every tool that you can possibly get. And so when we're divided and we're confused and we say, well, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take vitamin D, but I'm not going to wear a mask. Or I'm going to eat healthy, um, but I'm not going to get the vaccine. Okay, well, the virus has a nice loophole to come in and infect you. And then that's the way it spreads and that's the way it mutates and that's the way a new variant forms. I want to focus for a moment on this Delta variant, which is just running rampant across the country, really around the world, and the effect on children. Um, Mm. In the first episode, I asked a pediatric infectious disease doctor about something in this variant targeting children. Is there something in it and how big of a concern is that? Yeah, definitely. I think it's the infectivity um, that basically it's spreading to children more. So it's basically um, getting through that seemingly bulletproof, you know, before um, barriers that children had, whether it was their higher melatonin levels or just innate immunity being higher. Um, It's getting through all those barriers because of the way it infects you. And it just has a much better ability to bind to cells and really get into cells and infect you. And so children are much more susceptible than they were before. Thankfully, it's still less than overall adults, but we have record numbers of children, right? Just in like a week or and a half, we had 250,000 cases. We have, you know, children dying every day when we didn't have that before. Um, That's not really acceptable. Right now, the rate of death from coronavirus for kids, it's still a handful, but it's the same as uh, cancer for kids. It is more infective to children and Um, It is more deadly to children um, than any of the previous variants, which, again, is another reason um, for us to, you know, move forward with the vaccination path for children, which thankfully it looks like Pfizer 5 to 11 will be something that's eminent. And then really, until we get a percentage of these kids vaccinated, we also need to keep up the mitigation measures. What we're seeing is case numbers kind of plateauing. In Arizona, it's still 2,000 cases every day. It's not a great plateau, but we're not, it's not spiking as yeah. it did before. Um, other parts of the country are seeing cases kind of plateau, come down a little bit. Does it look like to you, are we past the peak of this Delta variant? Is it too soon to tell? I know this virus has done a thousand things we don't see coming, but we could see cases go up again. But what do you see? Yeah, it's definitely unpredictable. But I would say if you'd asked me this question three or four weeks ago, I said it, I would say it's too early to tell. But we've pretty consistently seen a plateauing effect in the last three weeks that has been pretty consistent. Um, And I think that means that we're hitting um, a number of people who've been exposed, who now have some level of natural immunity. And also, um, you know, we're seeing more people getting vaccinated. I think once we see um, the number of new school systems opening up around the country kind of hit a point where there's no more new populations of students going to school um, and we hopefully get more people vaccinated, that's when you're going to really start seeing the numbers coming down. The plateauing is happening, I think, you know, as we see it, but it hasn't gone down completely because we're also spreading a lot of this through kids and teachers and schools. Uh, and a big, a big part of the spike that's happened in the last you know, month and a half has also been attributable to schools opening back up. So there's a number of factors always engaged in this. And there have been lots of mass models throughout the pandemic. And, you know, we know like, hey, it's going to have this trajectory. If we don't wear a mask, like it's going to have that trajectory if we do, right? So a lot of these factors also come into play. But I think in general, I am cautiously optimistic that we will probably continue to see plateauing. And then eventually, I would say in the coming 
four to six weeks, a, a more steady decline. And that does not mean we're out of the woods because who knows what the next variant is. That's right. Exactly right. And that's why, you know, what we really need to be doing is playing catch up on getting everyone vaccinated. And again, just to say this, you know, note as well, if you were one of the people who got infected and were fortunate enough to survive, then you're actually much better off also now getting vaccinated because those folks can actually increase the amount of antibodies and the activity of their antibodies by 10 times uh, and become kind of super immune. So it's really beneficial. You know, otherwise you can be one of those patients that I've seen over the last 18 months where I've diagnosed them, you know, once, twice, three times, um, basically, you know, because they refuse to get vaccinated after each time through each of the waves. Right. And so, and they're just out there not wearing masks and, you know, it happens. So this is, this is a really important point for everybody again, you know, and if you have long COVID at all, studies have also shown that, long COVID symptoms can improve by getting vaccinated. All right. A lot to think about focusing on the science of this. Dr. Shad Marvasti, thank you so, so much for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Andrew. Thank you. A thank you again to Dr. Shad Marvasti for a deeper look at these COVID-19 variants. Ahead next time, a look inside emergency rooms and hospitals. Many filling up again, but this time with unvaccinated patients. What are doctors telling them? And are things worse now or when there was not a vaccine available to anyone? Join us again for Conquering COVID, a KOLD News 13 original podcast. I'm Andrew Capasso.